0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Solar Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Starr, and I've got my friend Troy Tauscher here, NBA writer for today's Fast Break and B-Ball Breakdown. How are you doing, Troy? I'm doing all right. It was not until right now
1: that I heard the name of the podcast because I have not uh, gotten to listen to the episode with Tim Bontemps or any of your other episodes as of yet. They're on my list, but I like that name a lot.
0: I think that's a pretty interesting name yeah some a lot there a lot of stuff were already taken, so i gotta had to be start getting a little creative <laughs> Yeah, it's really hard to name it and find a good domain name that isn't already taken. This one was really hard because it's solarinsights.net. But anyway, that's now what people are turning into to find out the meta about how I just determined what my name should be. So let's talk about the, <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's talk about the uh, NBA today. We have, we're start coming up on the uh, 2016, 2017 NBA season. Uh, we, two weeks. Yes, it's, it's coming fast. And we're going to really talk about awards today. We've got MVP to talk about, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man, uh, Most Improved Player, and Coach of the Year. So we're going to start with MVP. We're going to kind of run down our three to our first one, maybe throw in a dark horse here and there. Um, so let's start with you, Troy. What's your third um, person who you think will, is the third most likely to uh, win MVP for this year?
1: So, Martin is sort of theoretically barely behind Russ, and I
2: think everyone knows why Russ is considered a competitor, because we've seen him,
1: when he was without Kevin Durant, put up earth-shattering numbers, and now on top of that... Russell so Westbrook had 18 triple doubles and averaged, you know, 24, 8 and 8 or something ridiculous. The one thing I think that holds him back is the same thing that held him back uh, that that year where he was a monster. That.
0: Well, we'll see him on my list at some point. So let's that's uh My number three is LeBron, um, because mostly because it's because the MVP is a very uh, we hate using this word in the industry, but narrative driven. You have to kind of come out of nowhere. You can't have already won it a bunch of times in a row. It kind of really has to have some traction going forward and for lebron he's already won it a lot he really at this point in his career is sort of coasting for so much of the year that because his goal is the is championships that he is not trying to dominate necessarily the whole time so i don't i think that there's a chance he could if he comes back to form if he cares if he cares or is quote unquote not injured like he he gets beat up and rests sometimes so i think that he could really Get there if if he care if he wants to, but it's like not necessarily probably going to happen. Yeah, I think that's fair. He, is, he appears on my list as well. So let's go to number two. What do you have for number two? Uh, I got Kawhi at number two. Uh-huh. I think
1: this is the same reason why he was sort of for a lot of last year. He was sort of.
0: I think that also I mean okay it seems stupid to say but like his personality is going to make it hard for because it's it's a people vote the sports writers vote and I mean while the, some of maybe the people we know Zach Lowe people who are really understanding how this should go and have a good idea about it will vote for could vote would vote for him potentially a lot of people around the country are just going to go but he's not like he's not a superstar and that is the wrong version of Superstar that we're talking about. Like we're talking about on the court in terms of, and Quiet Leonard has been more assertive. He's been more of a load bearer, but you're right. He isn't like a massive, like, I will destroy you if you don't double cover me all the time. And he's getting there, but it's more about, like I said, the personality kind of. And that still, that's like an iffy thing that can be overcome, but we'll see what happens with him.
1: small hearted
0: Totally. I mean, it's. I think it's. I think it's a broadcaster and a writer from every team um, that covers them, or something. And it's very. Yeah. Like yeah, and it's very hard to get like the traction needed, and like I. hundred and thirty or something. Someone said on a podcast once. I think Kevin Arden said like he just offhand mentioned a number. It was like a hundred thirty or something. Yeah, it's it's quite a few. I mean, I left it quite off my off my list of top three, but he could easily be in here. Um, my number two is Harden because, but the only reason he like kind of can't win it is if him and D'Antoni and that whole thing doesn't work or, uh, he just isn't as dominant, but he's so dominant. And if he just gets his defense up, if he, cause he can do it, I believe one of your guys at B-Ball Breakdown, I think coach Nick was saying that, uh, he, he, he can do it. And that's what's infuriating. The other people maybe couldn't do it, but he can. And when he doesn't try, it's more detrimental to his game than it is someone who wasn't nearly capable. Um, So I think he can do it. I And especially with Durant and Curry, in my eyes, canceling each other out, it's going to be a lot easier for Harden to make it this year as opposed to other years where Harden was close.
1: a little too tainted. that unless he comes, you know, over really, really hard and really becomes, you know, a leader and gets rid of all the tropes about him, I think people are still going to sort of stick to their their, their theoretical version of Harden regardless of what he really, because that's what happened last year is. He was really bad, at, he was like, just so bad defensively and really checked out for part of the season. But then he sort of started to pick things up, but it was one of those situations where everyone sort of clung to their early season truth, even though it kind of devolved over time. And I think that's going to affect him coming into this year, unless he continues doing what he's
0: doing, which is saying and doing all the right things. Yeah, Harden can probably get unlocked by D'Antoni a little bit anyway, but he needs, but he needs to get it together, kind of. Um, well, who's your number one? So, uh, this
1: this shouldn't be a surprise because we both sort of spoiled. Other things, I put LeBron number one, and I understand that.
2: To to me, this is sort of this is a bit of a hot takey selection because he's probably going to coast,
1: and because he might take some time off.
0: happen um my number one is uh is Westbrook I think that he he's impressive he is continuing to improve he is the overall he's going to have the overall numbers I mean even last year Steph wouldn't have had as high rebound numbers and maybe not even as high uh, assist numbers as as each other but uh so I think that Westbrook can really get it together he's gonna I mean he seems like one of those people who you give him a challenge and he's going to pre if you doubt him, he will of more than most NBA players, even though most of them always say that he is going to try to prove everybody wrong. And with, I think the, the I think the team will be, can be better than people think. I mean, they can now rely. I mean, Adams is there. They have all the depot and, and they have the, the rookies and everything. I think there is more there. Although I, th- I mean, losing Serge and uh, Kevin is just going to be really hard for them. But in a sense, they had overload of talent. Now Westbrook can just be, just go wild, and it, I think it could work. So I think that he's just gonna take over, and the numbers are gonna, and his just determination and his his ferocity is really gonna drive the voting to him. But we'll see. I mean that's the whole thing that uh, Matt Moore our our, our colleague or our NBA writer friend uh Matt Moore HP basketball was always talking about he wrote a couple of years ago about there should be really three awards the most valuable mo- the best and another one so it's really it's really I think that it's about most valuable to your team and as long as you're like at least make the playoffs then you'll be fine but we'll see we got to pick it up here and move along to another uh, category Other than, actually, first, uh, do you have a dark horse? I have Paul George. Um, I like
1: Paul George as a dark horse. And I can't, no, no one else really says it. Like, Curry and Durant are just going to completely, well, yeah, Curry and Durant are just going to completely close each other out. I mean, if I had to pick a really, really dark horse, I'd probably say Blake Griffin. Start turning over playmaking to him a little bit more. He's going to be doing so much for them, so he's probably my dark horse. I doubt he wins it. He might make fifth though if things work out. But yeah, he, I guess be my
0: really dark horse. Fit. Yeah, I just never see him winning an MVP ever. I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Years ago. he was. He's getting he gets close, but like yeah. with so many people we're talking about, it's a. Right. Totally. Yeah, win, but a yes, the universe. Okay, so let's talk about rookie of the year. Uh, who's your third um, most uh, someone that you think could win it? It's pretty weird this year because of Simmons being out and and then the Suns guys not being probably ready. I mean, that's kind of the thing. He's one of those people who was ready. He's more ready than all the other, most of the college players that came out this year. So he has a chance to win it. I feel like it's like Tyreek Evans when he won Rookie of the Year too back in the day. I don't know. My third was uh, Jamal Murray. We'll see what, I mean, at this point, like like you, I was just like, oh, well, let's pick somebody else that, that might work because Simmons is out, Bender, Chris, like like you said, a lot of these people just aren't, going to have what it takes to win rookie of the year everybody keeps going more for the future we'll see what you are what kind of player you are in five years so I just picked Jamal Murray what do you got for two I have Chris Dunn for two
1: Trading Rubio immediately. So, but I think he's going to play a big backup role. I think Zach Levine is going to stop playing point guard, which opens the door for him to do a lot. I think he's got. I think he's got enough talent around him to where it'll sort of mask his weaknesses a little bit, to where people will look at him, look upon him favorably. Uh, I think people will appreciate his defensive proficiency, especially for a rookie. And in a shallow class, I think that.
0: Yeah, I have a Chris Dunn as my number one because I really think he's he's the most ready, the most able to help. Rubio hasn't necessarily been the most healthy guy ever, and they could trade him. So I think he Chris Dunn is probably the like we like they said other years a Wiggins year. Like there's people who are going to win it. This year is like well somebody's got to win it, so let's pick him. Um my number 2 is Brandon Ingram cuz I think that they're going to they're going to start and they're going to I mean who is starting ahead of him Lou Aldang probably. I mean he's not exactly healthy either all the time. So I think that Brandon Ingram has the what it takes. He's not going to be his best self until several years from now, but like I said, he could he has a chance. There's a universe like he said where he wins it. See that happening. Well, let's move on to defensive player of the year. Who do you got for number three? Uh I have some Whiteside number three and I'm immediately sort of thinking about it now.
2: I'm probably calling three a draw
1: between Whiteside and Gobier, which is ironic because their their defensive player of the year cases are entirely different. We're like Whiteside Roos Gobert is a shot blocker, also just generally a very, very good protector. So, um, so, yeah, they're sort of like 3-4. Probably put Whiteside up just because I think they're not people who are like, well, Hassan averaged 3.3 3 blocks per game. Like, we
0: have to put him somewhere, right? Totally. I I mean, I have, I have Hassan as my 3 and Gobert as my 2. And the weird thing is they have different things. The Heat are going to be a lot worse this year if Bosh can't play and Wade's gone. It's like basically just Dragovich, which is kind of funny, depending on how he got traded there. Um, and so I think that Hassan. Great right
1: now. Like, like I love Chris Bosh. It's it's a very sad situation. But with Chris Bosh not of the Miami Heat anymore, uh, two lightly protected first round picks suddenly looks a million times better
0: than it ever did before. Yeah, I tweeted that. I mean, it's uh, two years. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have a podcast with Wes. Uh, Wes, the uh, he does the Miami Heat beat. For for some, for fan fan sided and uh oh locked on heat and uh, we're, we'll I've been talking about that with him a while when we get to the season sometime but for sure that looks pretty good um, so I the weird thing is because they're going to be worse Hassan's going to be f- focused on but he's such an inexperienced player he's only been in the league. He was overseas, and he's back to the league now. But he's getting that huge pay raise, and he's going to be the focal point. So we'll see how he changes. The opposite's true for Gobert. They got better. So I think that he has a chance for sure because he won't have to do as much, but he's also going to be kind of a breakout player. So we'll see what happens. Who is your number two? as a player I kind of always have thought he's been overrated which is probably a hot take in these uh, people but I don't know he just seems so limited as a general player and then people kept d- going on the rebounds the overall rebound total for his like reason to be defensive player last year I was like a lot of those aren't like probably half of those uncontested defensive rebounds but uh, we'll see about him I mean the funny thing is probably we have the same guy for the first person it's Kawhi Leonard Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with him. Although, kind of everybody's playing for second because the first has got to be Kawhi Leonard. He is the claw. He is the one who locks down everybody. Um, we need to come up with a nickname like Revis Island for him. Something that's really
1: good. And the, well, now the thing with him is now he's got to do even more defensively because San Antonio is going to be sending pick and rolls with Tony Parker and Paul Gasol. Oh.
0: So much, so much, so much. I mean, it's Pop, and it's still Marker, and it's still the Spurs,
1: and Kawhi's there, and Danny Green's there, and Mark Sullivan. I'm a little bit afraid for them this year in that regard.
0: Nah. D-
1: Duncan's, Duncan's rim protection and communication was still so good up until, like, the very end when he started to lose himself physically.
0: Totally. I just see that
1: defense that defense lineup, and I'm like, man. That's the Marcus Aldridge you can play, and man, do they need Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. So yeah, I think Leonard, a very obvious pick. He's going uh, to do even more this year. He's phenomenal at it. I don't
0: think he's gonna, you know. I mean, that's the whole thing. The whole narrative of adding Paul just adds to the legend of Kawhi Leonard. If if he can cover up for Paul and pick and roll, then he can do anything. What about sixth man? Who you got for sixth man? <laughs> I think more win this award. Um, well, on that, do you remember my article a couple of years ago about why when Markeith Morris should have won it and how it, that the only basically the only guy that was under what 6'6 the last or the only only a big man to win it in the last what is it, decade or so, is Lamar Odom, who is just so versatile that it's amazing that he didn't win it more times. Everybody else is a volume shooter off the bench, yeah. <laughs>
1: Smith, managing man you know, he's not really a big check guy but it, it has been it's just been the sixth man he's off and shooting guard James Harden with OKC same thing uh I like Tanner for this one I think that one of the big things that I think people don't think about in terms of the NBA is that these guys who can come in and play a really strong post game off the bench can shred opposing second units because they don't have anybody to defend it um average a ton of points on pretty efficient shooting when you're just rolling over second units in the post
2: and you get some rebounds. I think that people won't care. I mean, the defense got better last season.
1: People don't care if they're bad at defense. Like That'll be impactful enough in terms of being one of the better bench scorers, especially at that position, that I think it's a good bet to get on the ballot
0: somewhere. For the third person for mine, I picked C.J. Miles in Indiana. We'll see. I mean, I just kind of had to pick somebody there because it's – I mean, I think the number one and two are much more likely to win it. But I, I, a is a good pick. I don't think it will happen, but that's what the third pick is for. I think C.J. Miles – Indiana is going to be different this year. I think that Miles is going to have to really play a big part for them to be successful I think that he can really do that, so I think he—I think he's a decent bet to be close in the ballots. Yeah, they're gonna start. Um, what about for number two? Uh, number two, Jamal Crawford. I
1: don't know if he's actually going to be good this year, but again, when you see field. some sort of credit that he's been doing it for the Clippers all these years. I think that that's pretty safe. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he just had a bad season and just didn't appear on any ballot for anything whatsoever. I just feel like at this point, when, when no one else sticks out to me that much, or when it's not enough people to fill it out, like that. I mean, I'm like, well, you know, someone
0: will vote him up. It's certainly possible. I mean, he's the only person in the history of the world to win it three times, uh, including last year. So I think he I don't think he's really lost much. I mean, he's he could fall off a cliff, but we'll see. Who do you have for uh for your number? Did you no, that yeah, Crawford was my number 2 as well. Um who do you have for number 1?
1: the one guy on your bench is going to have to come in and do a lot of things for you so I think that just the idea that
0: I mean i don't think he'll score enough and i also think that because he's so much in their death lineup if we're calling it that still i don't think he i don't think he'll have enough minutes as a as a bench guy to really affect it but uh i think i think he's more also in the lineup i mean anna is one of my favorite players of all time so i think he's amazing and i think he he's even maybe even defensive player of the year dark dark horse but i don't think he can win it but i mean that's a good that's a good pick because he <laughs>
1: because he just has, they just have to not start that lineup enough times so and we can do it. So,
0: oh, yeah, but I think in the, the the narrative about how much he does it will affect whether, regardless of whether he's actually started or didn't start the games. We'll, we'll see. My number one is Brandon Knight just because, I mean, the Earl Watson announced that, that he's on the bench and he is Jamal Crawford 10 years ago. So I think that he really can have a really good, if he can really focus and he, he'll he be able to be the sixth man of the year. I think it's his to lose if he doesn't screw it up. And I think he has a good chance to not do, to actually achieve that goal. Yeah, I guess, I just, I just think for me, the, the problem with
1: Knight in this regard is just, I don't think he's, he, he's never struck me as someone who is. he'll be good there. I think he will be... I think I don't think he'll be able to beat Jamal Croft or James Harden or J.R. Smith in that sense just because I don't think he has loose of a trigger. I think he'll look to sort of balance it with playmaking a little more and that might help him. But it also might hurt him just depending on what the surrounding slate looks like. I can see it happening. I just, number one, I don't know how efficient or effective he will really be, especially on a team that's going to be not very good. Number two, I just don't know if he has the trigger necessary to be like, you know, get everyone's eyes like wide open and like, oh, bring
0: Knight off the bench. I, I mean, did he have like, did he have like two 40 point games? Like I think he can trigger, he can, when he's hot, he's hot and I think he'll do it. I mean, him and him and Crawford both have been starter level players for their whole career that I guess now aren't starting and that's a sacrifice and that's what it takes to be the sixth man to do that. So I think, I think he can get there. We'll see. So, we got the Most Improved Player of the Year award. Uh, Who do you have for your number three? My number three, I have Emmanuel
1: Moutier, and uh, my reasons for this gonna be very similar to my reasons for my number one. Uh, There are two types of players who win this award. There are sophomores who make a leap instead of hitting a wall, and there are guys who take over teams or play a much bigger role on teams and get respect for it category, I think this year if he develops as projected he's got a little more talent around him Wilson we'll Chandler's back, he's now got Ron Murray stuff like that, I think he will make strides, and I think you know, point guards who make big steps are one of the sort of archetypes that get this award by default so I think he's a good candidate, now obviously this one is very projected on is Moody going to develop sort of on the timetable we expect if he doesn't obviously that changes the whole game but I, I like Mudiay, and I think that this is going to be a year where he cuts down the turnovers, he picks up on the efficiency, he's a little bit better, you know, in a lot of mental facets of the game. And I think people are going to, want to yeah, I think people are going to want to give him something for
0: that. Yeah, the most improved player of the year award is is more about opportunity than really talent or any talent curve, in my opinion. I mean, McCollum was probably already a good player, and when he went from what was it, two points a game to twenty in a year because of the injuries and the, well, not tr- injuries, but trades and, and signings, uh, the free agency period uh, last year, I think it's really that that makes a player get this kind of award. So, I, I mean, so we'll see. But, I mean, one I agree that it's, it can be sophomores or, or third-year players that make that leap. My number three is Miles Turner. Um, He has really shown that he can be a really solid playmaker. I mean, is it a year from now that he's the second best player on that team other than Paul George? Probably, maybe this year. So I think that he can really make that leap and really make an impact on the league and become the most improved player. My Dallas Definitely, definitely. Um, well, I'll say my thoughts on him because he's my number one. But um, Rodney Hood is my number two. I, I think that Rodney Hood is gonna really surprise folks this year. He's gonna be, I just think he's gonna be great. Um, so I think that he can show off. I mean, Hayward's out for a couple a month, a couple months, I believe. Um, so I think that he can start off good, and then he's alre- he was already gonna be a big part of that team. That's going to be much better. I mean, George Hill is going to help that team be really good this year. I mean, people are projecting them to be, what, the fourth best team in the West. So I think they're going to be good. He's going to be a big part of that. And he may, I mean, is he going to be the face of the franchise? How does Hayward take another step and stay the face of the franchise? We'll see. But I think that he has a good chance to potentially be that person. But in one sense, with the most competitive player, in terms of projections, you're really throwing darts because... Other than the number one Harrison Barnes, you do not know who is gonna break out in this way. So for Harrison Barnes, I'm like I think that he people when people say Kawhi Leonard's a system player, I think that the real really meaning is Harrison Barnes, that is what we're talking about. He is a system player. I think that he will not be as good as people think he is from from Golden State, but that he will be like you said, good enough to potentially win this award like C.J. McCollum, but not nearly as good as C.J. McCollum, his actual jump. Yeah, on a point of quote, I was going to say, I think
1: that's an interesting pick, I didn't consider that, but sort of the problem I come to with that pick is a lot of these guys who win the award like McCollum or Dragic, they're not in competition with minutes. and I think because Alec Burks is on such a, you know, he's on a sizable contract an incentive to play him as shooting guard where Hood also plays so even when Hood starts I don't think he's going to get a bulk enough minutes to you know be you know be a 21 points per game player I think he's good enough to be or I think he will be but I just wonder can he and Burke share minutes to an extent where they feel like they're distributing their resources well but he also gets enough time to shine for that and I think that's an interesting, interesting
0: pick but isn't one of them Burke or Burks is on Washington now I always get them confused. Yeah, no, Drake the point guard who's very good. He's in Washington. Okay. Alec Burch broke his foot, which is why uh Hood got to break out last season to begin with. So But Hood's Hood's better anyway. Um <laughs> yeah. That's fair.
1: I again I just think that even if he comes off the bench, I mean Alec Burch is making like eleven million dollars or something. So I think my thing is they're not gonna
0: I mean, with the way the salary cap has gone, I don't think that people are going to be like, oh, $11 million, we have to play him. I mean, people have cut much more money than that off. they just straight off instead of playing. I mean,
1: Albuquerque isn't bad, though. I just wonder if he's there. Yeah, Like, like for example, with Phoenix, with Dragic, because that's the example I always stand up to me. It's like, especially after Show went down, it's like, well, we either need to play Gordon Dragic a ton or play him and Ish Smith a ton only too so Dragon had like free reign for a lot of time and I think Burke's like who might not get as long maybe we'll
0: see so that's so that's uh, close I, I kind of agree so I mean I guess Portland did have Crab last year I don't know many if he played yeah but I mean yeah McCallum was kind of a runaway I think this year it's more open but Harrison Barnes to me is the incumbent who is the one who can lose it yeah so my- uh, my number one is D'Angelo Russell.
1: Uh, from much the same argument for Moody A, in the sense that it's a sophomore player who I think can going to make great strides. But man, I think Russell is going to be unleashed this year. Iron Scott completely slowed him down. And I think now he's got something to prove because people are not you know, people have sort of been doubting
2: him a little bit. And he is the second overall pick, so he wants to live up to that. I think they got a little. In terms of talent around him that he can you know distribute to and run on the floor with in a sense that he's not just doing it with
0: Yeah, I was down on him last year and in, in the draft and even kind of now in the offseason. So I was but I'm I'm willing to be persuaded. I think I was talking to my guy Jabari Davis and uh he was convincing me about how J- Russell will be able to improve and be quite good. So I'm I'm I can see that happening. I mean I mean it even it could happen with Booker too like it could like did he break out last year or is he breaking out this year like I think he probably already has broken out in terms of the conscience of consciousness of the NBA. But it's probably – but D'Angelo Russell is a much better bet, I think. I agree with you there. Although I still think Harrison Barnes is the guy to win –
2: season they started to get playing time and stuff like that so I think for them just the big question
1: is do they maintain a consistent high level as opposed to last season where they just sort of popped up you know when the
0: calendar totally totally what about coach of the year this is always an interesting award who do you have for number three I mean, it isn't. I forget exactly when they pick the coach of the year award because we might not know which round they're out in or whatever by that time. But we'll see. Um, he's in my number two, so I, I agree with all the things you said. That is, he's, he's kind of the darling of of everybody around the NBA Twitter, as it were. And uh, he could. He's. I think he will win it at some point. We'll see when that probably happens. But anyway, that's my number two. My number three is a Stan Van Gundy. And this is kind of hinging on whether or not the Pistons make a leap from the, I believe, the eighth seed last year to the four or five or so. And it could happen. It depends on how much, how much they're internally they improve. I believe Reggie Jackson's out for a little bit, so that may for the injury, so that may make it a little bit more difficult to get up that win total. But I think, I mean, everybody knows Stan Van he's a good coach, and now he's has the momentum on this Detroit team going the right way. I think he can really make an impact and be recognized for it. What do
2: you think? Yeah, I think Van Gundy is a good, he will probably be my four or five pick. I've
1: praised a lot of what he's done because the Pistons are one of those franchises who just had no sense of order until he showed up and then he's sort of been able to wield his authority in a way that just sort of makes them seem a little more organized and a little more disciplined and a little more building towards a concrete objective as opposed to just signing Josh Smith and Brandon Jennings just Um yeah, I think that if they make a leap I think he'll get some eyes for it. I think that the interesting sort of thing to me is if they make a leap, I probably much more attribute it to the fact that Van Gundy as the you know, the president of basketball operations made good signings and moves as opposed to whatever he did as a coach, which is sort of an interesting like, well, how much of it is this half of him and how much of it is this? But I think it's a you know, I think there's an argument for it if they you know, if they advance.
0: Totally, but I think in the mind of the 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 award uh, the the award people who are going to assign this to him would be they kind of see him as one entity and that they're not going to separate this. Oh, well, that was is the his president duties, so we're going to dock him points on the coaches. But I think I totally get you. Who's your number two? Totally, totally. So these, uh, these Coach of the Year awards are very expectations-driven. I mean, remember Budenholzer with the Hawks a couple years ago. It's very ach- overachieve, and we'll give it to you. Which, and also just be a good team, and we'll give it to you. Which, it, with, with with what happens with the Spurs and stuff. So that keep that in mind with our number one picks, everybody, and. It and
1: I get it. Come on. Totally. T- totally. made for a situation. Coach the the Like, assume the idea, but so far it's been not that. They've just been in the conversation lost.
0: Totally, totally. Who's your number one?
1: This is a absolute, basically, a lock if they make a leap that far. I think even if they don't, if their defense gets into a good place, if they make improvements, if, you know, just if things feel right with him at the helm, I think people are going to go nuts for that, and I think they're going to really want to give him this award because he's taking this Wolves team that people have high, high long-term expectations for.
0: Totally. Um I think I think that he could they like, like the Timberwolves could be that person he could get the credit for that. I don't I mean, I don't know if I see them going all the way to five hundred but or past five hundred, but I think that's a like, be like to no came in and now they're
1: five hundred and now they're an eight seed like obviously.
0: Yep. My number one is Quinn Snyder with the Jazz because I think I mean they narrowly missed the playoffs by a game. But people are going to say, oh, they missed the playoffs, and now they're, what, the four seed? And the making that leap from okay to great, I guess you might say, not elite, but great, um, is kind of how that award goes. I mean, it's either... Because I, it, I don't know if it as much take them from the seller to decent. I think it's more decent to um, pretty stinking good. So, and that's why... Same thing, Bud and Holzer. Like, it's it's. Can you take them to the next level? Because okay, you you're decent because you have some good players. Now let's see if you can take as the coach mold them into a team that can compete for a championship. And that's. that year. last year when missed the They're like, oh, Oh my God, they broke the record. Yeah, I get. I totally get that. <laughs>
1: I don't know, but I think if you're going to give coach the a guy who only coached half the season, somehow, you know, you've got to sort of give the co-award to the guy who did the other half,
0: right? I mean, he might not even, I don't even know if he coached half the season, It might—it was I feel like it was less than that, but... Okay, uh, it,
1: it, it, it was like 38, like it
0: was close enough. Okay, but still, I mean, I think that in the consciousness of, of the NBA world, they're going to know that it was Kerr slash Walton and yeah. but well, the, I mean it's an asterisk I guess but I think Walton also will be pretty good with the Lakers he's gonna yeah. mold them got dia and they got joe johnson and then they got george hill and they're gonna be a lot better um any other final thoughts on these awards feel the same yeah i feel the same way i think that <laughs> I don't,
1: I don't know, about it. it's like this season is going to be really weird, so i have no idea what the answer to any of these questions is
0: whatsoever yeah we're going yeah it's really interesting like i feel the same way and then but i think that this is a good conversation to revisit right before the all-star break because then i think we have definite opinions about who should win it and who might win it so we'll probably revisit it then well, thanks for joining me, Troy. Um, where can we find all your stuff to write all your written work? Uh, you can find my stuff on today's Fast Break and be ball Breakdown. Uh, I'm sort of in between projects right now, but I'll probably have a couple other just sort of off-season thoughts about teams X, Y,
2: and Z before seeing the end on the 25th. And then you can check out the Pace and Space podcast as well. We just did over-under predictions. It was a lot of fun. We had a bunch of off-seasons. So yeah, that's where
1: you, you can find all of my NBA thoughts. You can follow me on Twitter at tt underscore sports
2: for the occasional
0: dose of NBA sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, about up. wonderful. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, check, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore sar. And uh, check back for Solar Insights for a lot more podcasts. We're gonna have one every Wednesday up through the season, talking about the Suns, other teams, the NBA in general. So come back and check check in with us. Have a great night.